0: What's cooking up in the kitchen?
1: Oh,
2: that that smells smells good. good. I want want some some of that. that. Where Where is is that coming
3: from? from? That smells like some soul food.
4: Yes, it is soul food, but it's soul food for spiritual nourishment. The food that will never expire.
0: Never expire? I need this food every day.
4: You are listening to a spiritual-based podcast here to satisfy your soul and feed your spiritual hunger. No matter where you are, at home, at work, or on the go, you can listen in right now. Don't let your soul go hungry.
0: It's It's time time for for some Soul
5: soul food.
4: Food. Daily Devotions fonseca
6: When you trust in the Word of God, I did not say the black book, I said the Word of God, it does work for you. You do see the result that you want to have in your life. Let us now read the Bible together. This is the Word of God. are those, all those who put their trust in Him. You know, in this ministry, we do not tell anybody to stop their medication, treatment, or going to the doctors. However, what we teach here is that you have to believe, you have to trust in God. Because when you trust in God, you are blessed. He never disappoints you. He never puts you down. This is our God. He honors those who honor Him. And if you honor this God, for sure, He's going to honor you. He promised not to let you down, to leave you alone. God never disappoints anybody. He never lost a battle. Our God is the same, and He wants to do great, amazing things in your life. If you believe in this scripture, practice it. Let us read it together once again. When it says, blessed are all those who put their trust in Him. If you put your trust in Him, the Lord will never ever let you down.
4: Devotions With Bishop Barra Fonseca
7: You are now listening to Soul Food with Bishop Barra Joshua Continue to listen to Soul Food We have a a story coming up next to share with you
8: This man was sitting under a tree Maybe he was saying to himself God, do you see me? Well, later when Jesus met him he answered him I saw you.
7: When you set your eyes on earth, do you look at me? When you look inside me, Lord, what do you see? Do you see someone who's faithful? Do you see one who's dismayed? Do you see all my potential, or do? Man speaks Your
5: word is the truth And I want to be in you God, do you see So please, God, do you see? You see.
6: My friends, may the Lord Jesus, the God of the Bible, bless all of you. This is it. I have with me, once again, Pastor Hector, how are you?
9: I'm good, Bishop.
6: We are going to have in today's show the story, the live story of Devante, a young man who was thirsty, thirsty for happiness, thirsty for life, but... He only found the bitter water. He's going to share with us his story today. Devon, how are you today?
8: How you doing, Bishop? I'm doing good today.
6: Today he's good, but he wasn't good. There was not a good life for him at all. You are going to get to know his story. We, Pastor Hector, we throughout of our lives we have our emotions feelings toward people and things trying to please everything and everyone beginning from our house we were always between mom and daddy then we grew up and went to school streets friends love life and spouse children and life goes on but the reality is we are always between something and God. And if we choose God, He will be pleased with us. And as uh, I return, He is going to bless us with His blessings. But if we do not surrender to Him, and the show today is about surrender, we are going to discuss here how to surrender. If we do not surrender to God, if we do not choose God in the first place, He will never be inside of us. The Holy Spirit is giving to those who give those who surrender a hundred percent.
9: Yes, and unfortunately, we see with a lot of people who say they are children of God, who say they have God in their lives, but they always put somebody first before God. They put their husband, their wife, their girlfriend, boyfriend, parents, children. They put others before God. And so they say God is first. But whenever the family member calls, they go to the family member. Whenever the job calls, they go to work. Whenever something comes up, they find an excuse to not go to God.
6: I was in prison and one time because I go every Tuesday and they have their time for recreation. That they leave their cells and they go to the rack. And there was one Tuesday that not everybody showed up. And as I was about to finish the service, men of them came to me to apologize and say I had to go to the rack. I was explaining to them just what you said, that God cannot be our second option. If they are not allowed like to go to the rack, they come to the service. They come to pray. But if they have other activities going on, they put God in the second place, second option, and they put something else in the first place. So this is not a kind of relationship God wants. But let us do something. Let us listen to this song. And when we're back, we are going to discuss more about surrender.
3: Tell you what I've been through Can I share with you my story Can I tell you what I've been through So I can give them all the glory Cause I I can testify You know I've been through I've been tried and true Yeah, waiting on To show up and you did it every time And every season of my life Peace that
6: Uh, surrender himself to God surrender uh, Pastor Hector is when somebody uh, decides to depend on God and you turn your life to God when they go on on their knees they turn their lives to God and they say God I surrender all to you I'm not going to keep anything, reserve anything, all that I am, all that I have. Here is who I am, what I have done. Because God is not looking for beautiful words, beautiful prayers. What God wants is sincerity. When a person comes to him to surrender, to say, God, I surrender. I am fed up of myself, of who I am, things that I have done. I want to change and you humble yourself, you pour yourself before him, then the Holy Spirit finds a space, a place in in this person's life.
9: Yes, and that's what he's looking for. People who are willing to open themselves up to him and only him, to allow him to come and be a part of their lives 100%. If the person always holds back, and they always keep a piece of their lives for themselves, God, you can have most of my life. But this area here, this part of my life, I'm going to do what I want.
6: With God is all or nothing. It's
9: everything or nothing. 100% or 0%. 999
6: does not work.
9: It's the same as doing nothing.
6: So to give your life to God, to let me tell you something. Do not misunderstand. When we say give your life to God, usually in many churches, we hear people say, I accept Christ. But who needs to accept who? You need to accept Christ or Christ has to accept you. Because if I say I accept Christ, it seems like he did something wrong and I'm giving him a chance.
9: Yes, but it's not that way. God has to accept us. Correct. us have to accept him. Because at the end of the day, what I like telling people, we need God. God does not need us. So God has to accept me. I'm the one that has to pour myself out. I'm the one that has surrender. to surrender. Surrender everything. Well, Devont. How you, you
6: doing? Good. Devont, when you came into us, uh, how did
8: you find us, this ministry? Well, I met someone there on the street. There was a young man, he was on the street and he gave me an invitation. He invited me first to come to the youth group. And then, you know, I, I received it, but I didn't come right, right away only came like months months after but he invited and it, it stuck in my mind
6: so he met you on the streets and who was the once, let us go back in time your upbringing your family your life on the streets
8: so bishop growing up uh i grew up around a lot of violence S- seeing my mom get beat a lot by different drug dealers it was a lot of drug transaction within the home and at five years old, I was taken away from my mom and put into foster care due to this, because my sister, she fell out the bed and got a brain a brain damage. And that from there, that's when my life began to really mess up for me. You know, I already grew up seeing my mom getting beat at a young age, and I had a lot of anger to in me towards that. And then when I got taken away at five, that's when things really just turned tables for me.
6: So five years old just a little boy, you used to see your mother being beaten. Was it by your father?
8: No, I never met my dad. Never? Never met my dad. To this day, I never met him.
6: hmm And your sister fell?
8: Yes, sir. Young or older than you? She's younger. She was my babysitter. She was, like, not too you know, long been born.
6: hmm And your mom was a drug dealer or user?
8: She was a drug user. She was addicted to, like, pills, marijuana. She would drink, like, a lot of that party life.
6: So five years old, you were taken from her?
8: Yes, sir. When I was five, I was taken from her. You know, they came to my school. I I didn't even know they were coming. They just came out the blue. They came, got me out the classroom, and they said, let's go, you're leaving. And I'm like, why am I going? I remember coming out the school, yelling, crying, where's my mom? Because the house was right down the street from the school, I was in like pre-K. I was crying like, mom, where's my mom? I want to go home, go home. She just threw me in the car. I didn't understand what was going on at that time until like after they, they spoke to me. So that's, that scene is it still in your mind? Yeah, I can remember it very clear. Mm-hmm.
6: You were pulled out of your classroom.
8: Yes, sir. I was pulled out the classroom and then placed right there in a the car, a random car. I didn't even know the lady. And then she took me to the facility where they, like, prepared a home that I was going to go to. They already had everything set, the lady that I was going to go to and everything. And so she came pick me up. They dropped me off there at the house there. I didn't know the family. It was a random family. And, so, and you, you had no news about your mom? I had no news about my mom. No news. I can only remember, you know, the memories that of being around my mom, seeing her getting beat, the times that she, you know, would do her best to, like, take care of me. I remember all those moments.
6: You know, uh, Pastor Hector, this is what we, I always say. Do not judge anybody by their crime background, what a person did or a person has done. He's going to share with us his life. But we can tell already in advance that in this kind of upbringing, uh, violence, drugs, frustration, anger, We can imagine the listeners, the viewers can imagine what Devont
9: became. Yes. And it's funny you should say that, Bishop, because just by this, he's speaking about when he's five years old, a little child. But you can already tell which way his life is going, how it's going to, how his youth is going to be. You can already have an idea of what is coming just because of this one part of his story that he's telling us. You can see the trajectory that his life is already heading.
6: Because he was in school. He left his house. His mom was there. He used to see her being beaten. And then the way that he was taken from the school was a kind of violence as well. Yes. In a violent way that brought this trauma inside of you.
8: Yes, it brought brought a trauma inside of me because in that moment... I was, I was that type of that type of child that I always wanted to be around my mom. I never had my dad, so I always seen my mom, my aunts, my uncles around me. And so I was that type of person that you know, I was clinging to my mom all the time. Everywhere she went, she took me. If she went to work, she took me with her. I would sit there in the lobby or so, play around. Like, I was everywhere with my mom, so that really traumatized me, messed me up. And, you know, along the way, I started going to, like, different, different foster care, different homes, because...
6: Uh, let us go back a little bit. When you were taken from the school, you said that they brought you to the system. Yes, sir. And were there other kids?
8: There were other kids as well. Mm-hmm. The same situation. The same situation. Um, I remember at one point, they took me to a group home, and I met, like, different kids. I, never, I, I didn't know nothing about this, Bishop, about mm-hmm. group homes. I didn't know nothing about it. It was really new. And so when I went to this group home seeing all these kids and they start telling me their situations, their problems, I didn't understand. I'm like, man, what's going on? It's like everything caught me blindsided, like blindsided.
6: When you see a drug dealer, a prostitute, homosexual, a thief, a lesbian, remember that the person came from a long way of suffering. Perhaps if you stop to hear him, to listen to her story, You are going to see. You are going to see how mad that person is and why they became the monsters they are nowadays. We say so because we are inside of prison, preaching, dealing with them. And when we get to know the stories, we see people like Devont.
9: Yes, because when we're there in the example of the prison. Say that again. When we're in the prisons, Uh you see that. Everybody there has a story. Nobody comes and say, oh, my life was normal. I was good. Everything. All of a sudden, I ended up here. Most of them came from a broken home. Broken home, uh, uh, seen violence in the family, separations, uh, uh, foster care, people who don't, never knew their parents. So they have stories that lit, led them to where they are today. They had these traumas, these struggles, and these sufferings as they were growing up. If
6: you are listening to us, you have this problem in your house, in your family, or in your own life, you can call me right now. one 332 4141 My friend, in the situation you are, there is only two options. To surrender to God, or to surrender to this life that you are. Because if you surrender to this life that you are living in, you are going to go down and down and down to the bottle of the pit but if you surrender to god he will take you the way you are regardless of how your life is he is going to take your life and transform it in a few together we are going to surrender to god
1: r.i.p buried in a box of wood cut down from a tree more than six foot tall, now six foot deep. R.I.P. Rewind it please.
2: They say on the 10th of October 2015 we lost the day one. Mommy even said I can't believe this happened to my son. And there goes this life down the drain and I feel the pain each and every day knowing what was done. It's mad.
1: It's sad. It's been five years since we lost him. And I marvel because he was taken from us too soon. He was an iron man, never wanted to be told what to do. But he had a little fury and he used to nick from the shop. No wonder everyone called him G1 cause he had a vision to never get done. And he always moved low key. We watched him grow with his friends, transforming from boys to men. He ran the estate, but it looks like we've reached the end of the road and we'll love you more than you'll ever know. I know. You know, but do you remember? Remember what? The time we spent together with him Of course I do In the parties, when he would grab a fine wine and all his boys would take notes Because when that tune would come on (laughs) And then after he would take that girl on the Addison Lee Was my number 7 on the alphabet and you bet he enjoyed it But why did he have to die man? Why did he have to go? He was in the wrong place at the wrong time He got moved to by one guy And I can't lie, I wish it didn't happen Yo, what's good, what's He asked him a couple of questions And that was the moment we wished he never got moved by them Making some exchange so what's your
5: number?
1: His girlfriend told him Promise me you'll never hang around with them But he didn't listen He kept her voice underground He promised her they would have a crystal palace And we didn't bank that his barbie can get him to act on leaving them because they kept barking at him. If only he listened. Four months and he was still connected. Why did he have to connect for? Why did he have to pick up when they called him? He chilled with them nearly seven days, making one week. Correction. Making us weak. They would usher him and then you made a U-turn and then you let it burn. Then you broke up with your girl. Then you told the Lord, These These are my my confessions." confessions. But he battled for his life, day and night. But I'm guessing it was God's plan. But I'm upset because his girl came back and said, David, do you love me? You said you'd never leave me. It was nonstop. Remember when you were the hotline bling? You used to put in the work, work, work. work, And now you're standing here saying life is good? Don't you miss him? It's like you're moving like you're...
2: Someone else? R.I.P. You're not buried in a box of wood cut down from a tree More than 10 feet tall, some say buried in the sea R.I.P. Yo! You've been standing there for a long time, you know You good? Yes But only a few people know Know what? About his death How did he die? Some say he drowned But I put an end to it An end to what? My old self The sleepless nights, self-harming, addictions, anger. How did you do that? A simple decision on the 10th of October, 2015. In fact, that day that guy spoke to me on the street. Yo, what's good? I buried the enemy. My mum was proud. She said I can't believe this happened to my son. He's a new man. Letting go of my girlfriend wasn't easy. I had to put the negativity aside and abide from what I heard because she wasn't helping me. But today I'm happy. There's a clear before and after filled with laughter joy peace something that can't be contained but every day i have to be valiant people want me to come back but i won't go back i can't go back even though he's down there always trying to resurrect every day i will be valiant and thanks to these guys from the vyg it was great they spoke to me on the street i'm keeping my old self down there r.i.p you're not buried in a box of wood cut down from a tree You're now less than an inch tall, some say buried in the sea. R.I.P. Remember, it's price.
4: The same way that faith brings life, doubt brings death. While faith stimulates dreams, hopes, and raises self-esteem, doubt poisons dreams, hopes, and promotes depression. Depression is a spiritual problem. That's why there is no drug that can cure this spiritual illness. Just as the body needs physical care and the soul needs love, the human spirit could only be nourished by the Spirit of God. For the the kingdom kingdom of God God is not eating eating and drinking, but righteousness righteousness and peace and and joy in the Holy Spirit. Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the cure for depression. For more information, come to a universal church near you
6: one day to better yourself. It's a kind of spiritual program to get back on track. Because when you detox yourself spiritually, the more you empty yourself, the more God fills you. If you are half empty, God cannot pour his spirit. You have to be totally empty. Well, The scripture says here, still talking about surrender. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Imagine someone, uh, Devontes, used to be a party person.
8: Yes, sir. I used to be a party person. I was involved in uh, heavy gang life, and that's that's what I used to do. I used to go many nights robbing people. You know.
6: Let Let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, Talking about the weekend, Saturday into I mean Friday into Saturday, Saturday into Sunday. So early in the morning, after the party, after the lights were off, the friends scattered. How you used to feel inside?
8: That's that's when everything hit me, Bishop. You know, I used to really feel like really lonely, angry. Sometimes I would just lash out. I would scream sometimes. Like, literally, I would scream. I would lock myself away. I would scream because I was so angry. I would think about all the things, you know, I went through when I was younger. I never let that go. What I, what it was I inside through. of you. It was inside of me, Bishop.
6: Well... Jesus came to people like him at the end of the feast, at the end of the party, Imagine people drinking, smoking, doing drugs, prostituting themselves the whole night and leaving like a a nightclub, a bar, and somebody comes and they say, hey, if you are thirsty, come to me. These people would say, don't you see that I'm coming from the bar, from the casino? from the nightclub, I drank a lot, how can you say, how can you tell me if I am thirsty to come to you to drink, I drank a lot, but Jesus was talking about the living water, not the drink of this world, because the drinks of the world are uh, dirty, it's like drinking dirty water,
9: yes, and That spirit that he's speaking about, the water he's speaking about, was his spirit, his presence. And he brought it to the person at the right time. While the person is partying, they're drinking, smoking at the clubs, they feel that momentary of happiness. But it's when they're alone after the party ends, that like Devante said, that's when he felt the rage. That's when he felt the anger. That's when he felt the emptiness. And that's precisely when Jesus went to these people.
6: And he said, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. To believe as the scripture says, is to do what the scripture says, is to follow what the scripture says, is to surrender your all to him. When you empty yourself, you empty, you take everything out of your chest. You empty yourself from the world and from yourself. Because perhaps you are you are a very proud person. You have this pride p- problem that is inside of you. God cannot feel you. You want to have God's presence, God's peace, God's spirit, but you are full of yourself. You are full of the things of the world. You don't you don't want to let it go. So how can God enter you? So Devon, so your life became from houses to houses.
8: Yes, sir. I was going to different group homes, like I was saying in the beginning. I was going to many group homes in and out, you know, different homes. And some of the homes they would have their children already, their kids, and I would get into like you know different arguments, fights with the kids. I remember one point. It was to a point that I was in one person's home and her son, he became jealous of me for no reason. He had everything. I had nothing, Bishop. He mm-hmm. had everything. And I had nothing until a point we, we got in a, a big argument to a point he wanted to kill me. He took a knife, a big knife. I was like, man, this man crazy. He took a big knife and he started chasing me around the house. How old were you? I was like 12, Bishop.
6: 12 years old. I was old. like 12. Again, I have to say the same thing. Don't judge people for what they did, what they have done, or what they do. Because 12 years old, but remember that his suffering uh, began when he was very little.
9: Yes, when he was five.
6: And he grew up with this. Imagine yourself. No father, first of all. Mother being beaten. Take out of the school, five years old, and start moving and moving and moving around imagine the the mind of a child like this
9: yes they they unfortunately learn to mature very fast they learn how to be they are forced to they're forced to become as children adults because of the 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 craziness of their life and the problems and the suffering that they're going through you can say they don't really have a childhood they don't get to play they don't get to have fun like children they have to learn to be tough they have to learn to uh, do many things that are bad.
6: Imagining the mind of the vaunts, correct me if I'm wrong. So I had no father. I was taken from my mother. Now, even with kids, I have a problem. I'm 12 and this boy wants to kill me. So I suffer from uh, a broken family, a broken home. Now that I'm in this house, once again, I have to leave.
8: Bishop, it was really crazy because, you know, exactly like I said, I was forced to grow up and I, I never had a childhood. I never enjoyed nothing. Like I would be that person that will, you know, see everyone having fun. The f- the fun that I would have would be fake because everyone, they're looking at me. They're thinking that everything is okay with me. N- nothing was okay with me. I, w- I became suicidal, homicidal. I wanted to kill myself and I wanted to kill everybody because I felt like no one cared for me, you know? I will call my family sometimes, they allow me to talk to them. I will call them, but they will be lying to me all the time. Now I'm gonna come see you, I'm gonna send you this, not soon you're gonna be home, and I'll be like, okay, I'll be all happy in the moment.
6: And it was frustrating for you, like in your birthday, Mother's Day, uh, Thanksgiving, all these celebrations around you, you see others' children with their parents, and you did not have this, the same pleasure.
8: I didn't have the same pleasure, Bishop. And you know, it, it got to a point, you know, the homes that I was in, they started mistreating me. Instead of them, you know, saying that, you know, they can help me, they, they started mistreating me. Uh, I remember one home, they will, they would will torture me. They would lock me lock me in, like on my birthday holidays, they would beat me, they would lock me up in shit, try to poison me, and I didn't understand. So
6: EU for them was just a business?
8: A business, that was the whole thing. You know, they, they just wanted money. And I was going from, like I was saying, I was going from different places, different places. And they just wanted money off of me. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that uh, I came to the understanding of that bishop, you know. And when I found out, that made me even more, you know, angry. Made me more angry. And that's when I I got adopted once by a family that was, you know, for that reason. Mm-hmm. They wanted money from me. They would beat me. This is one of the family I was talking about. They would beat me. They would do everything, you know, to make me, you know, suffer. They were making a lot of money. And then when I came to the understanding of that, I I reported it. I left.
6: Well, you see, uh, growing up, seeing your mom being beaten, now your turn came. They were beating you. Yes. The same you saw in your mother's house, it happened to you.
8: I used to go to school, Bishop, with bruises all over my arm. I would hide it. I would be ashamed. You know, I would go to school, you know, with bruises all over me. Sometimes I couldn't even uh, walk. I remember one time Bishop, you know, that I got, I got ran over. Then one from, they have like parades. I got hit by a Mardi Gras float, a float. And I had to go to the hospital. I was rushed to the hospital and I had to have like a boot on my leg. It was fractured, very bad. My foot was big and purple, but the man, he was in the home. He was like my adopted father. He would beat me, didn't care. And then I would have to go to school the next day, walking very bad, you know. And it was was trauma time, like, man, I want to do something, but I cannot do nothing at all.
6: When we come back, I want to hear from you about your lives on the streets. Yes, sir. Because one day you had to run to the streets. Yes, sir. He's going to tell us more about that. If you are not suffering, you are going to see the transformation, the opportunity God gave it to the world. It's a golden opportunity. He took that. He did surrender his life to God. That's why he's here with us. If you do the same, regardless of your past, your background, what you have done or what you are doing right now, I am positive. I am sure that God can reverse your life one Call this number I have right now. Pestas available to assist you.
0: This race is for the sporty people, the ones who love to run. Even tired and bruised, they still get it done. But it's also for the lazy people. I see you always avoid PE, the ones who say, nah, running just ain't for me. See? This is the most important race, it's the main test because it determines the place where your soul will rest and rest assured you won't pass by saying pass or by staying in the past. You can even pray in fast but you can't run a marathon fast. You gotta take your time, keep the goal in mind, hold the treasure inside and just enjoy the ride. Sometimes, you'll see no one when you look to the side Cause people be falling to your left and your right But let them take the route they prefer Don't look around cause you'll sink like Peter See, shortcuts seem like the way But they'll get cut short someday. We all got our lanes I'm standing in mine If you don't run, you're still running You're just running out of time So don't get tired You're at the peak of your youth Try running to God the way you run from the truth. Obstacles are high, so you got to rise above. And if you ever do fall, you'll be embraced with love. The goal is to finish the race, and that is salvation. And the same way you need a trainer to win, you also need the Holy Spirit within to avoid eternal damnation. So come on, let's get a move. You already know, this race is not one you can lose. Ready, set, go.
5: Stay tuned tomorrow for the rest of this episode on Soul Food, here we will continue the story of Devante, and share more spiritual advice to help you.
0: Here on Soul Food Podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode and keep your notifications on. Look, don't forget to share this food with others to feed their souls. Give the food that lasts forever.